Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hey, it's Educator Barnes here. And today my topic is becoming a teacher leader. One of the questions I get asked a lot is how do you transition from the classroom to a teacher leader? Like what do I need to do to make that happen? And there's two types of teachers that ask me this. There's a teacher who's thinking about it, but hasn't really done anything to pursue a teacher leader opportunity. Or there's the teachers who have constantly pursued a teacher leader opportunity and they keep getting passed over. And so hopefully I can share my experience with you in hopes that if this is something you want to pursue, that you can be successful. So let's talk about my career so far. If you've been following this podcast, you know that currently I'm a school administrator. I supervise middle school English and social studies teachers. I also supervise an art teacher and my school is currently a K-8 school. Um, So the art teacher is the only teacher I supervise that works with the younger grades. So for the most part, I'm dealing and working with middle school students and working with middle school teachers. And even in this role right now, I'm looking at my team and I'm building up leaders because at the end of the day, I don't know what I'm going to do next. You know, I know I'm going to do this for a while, but right now you could consider me a second tier leadership, right? I'm not the principal I'm not the assistant principal, but I am an administrator. My school is set up where you have academic deans and they supervise and evaluate the teacher. Uh, My assistant principal, she does uh, discipline. So in other schools that may be referred to as a dean of discipline. And then my principal supervises all of the other administrators. So that's the structure of my school. But one day I may decide to do something else. And so if you are any type of leader, you're thinking about how do I build up the other people that I am supervising, the teachers I'm evaluating, the teachers that I'm coaching. And somebody thought about that for me during my career. So let's go on back to where it all started. I attended Purdue University, boiler up. If you're an IU person, I appreciate you listening, but this is a Purdue, a pro-Purdue podcast. I graduated from Purdue. I was the only um, uh, in my class the year I graduated. I was the only black person um, that graduated that year with an English education degree. I left there with a 5 through 12 license in English language arts and a 5 through 12 license in reading. I thought I was going to teach high school students how to read, like students that were struggling. That was my dream job. Um, Then I found out that that really wasn't a job that was available, so I went and taught middle school English. So I taught middle school English for eight years, year two. So year two, like I'm still in Indiana, we have what's called the initial practitioner's license. So that license is a two-year license you have to to complete at the time, this program called IMAP. I don't remember what all the letters stand for because in education, we got an acronym for everything. But IMAP was simply a mentoring program. So I had a mentor. I had this little project I had to complete. had to videotape myself teaching. Do a big old reflection paper. Y'all know how it goes in education, right? So year two, right? So I'm in the second year of this program, you know, doing IMAP mentorship. And the administrator uh, asked me to be the team leader 
of the sixth grade team. And I'm just like, everybody else on my team pretty much was a veteran teacher. Like, why, why, why are you asking me? And so we had like this um, divided leadership. So essentially, each quarter, it was supposed to, the, the team leader role was supposed to rotate to a different person, right? And it was my turn. And I just assumed because I was a newbie, I was in year two, they were just going to skip me. And my principal's like, that's not what I said. We're going to do. So you just kind of made it up in your head. Okay. So that was one of those times where, you you know, you know, you're, you're at work and you think you don't have to do something. You finally got to do it anyway. So I was like, fine. It's only a quarter, right? So I do it. I think it was either the second. I don't know. I don't know what quarter it was. But long story short, I was the team leader and they, the principal then decided before the quarter was over that they weren't going to rotate uh, the the team leader role anymore. I was the team leader for the rest of my time at that school. So that was the rest of my, I was at that school for my second year and for my third year um, in education. And people were like, you really have leadership qualities. You really should be a school administrator one day. And my principal was saying this to me, and I was, I was just a newbie. You know, when you're, you're new to a job, you sometimes just don't think about like that probably wasn't appropriate. I laughed at my principal's face like, and it wasn't like, oh, <laughs> I like hardcore was like, <laughs> oh, I was just like laughing, like cracking up like, yeah, you funny. And then he was like, wasn't like telling a joke. Like he was like so serious. And so I was like, uh, oh, uh, well, okay and it was like really awkward so I just like excused myself and found myself back in my classroom and I was like yeah probably shouldn't laugh in the man's face like that and then I thought to myself that's exactly the reason why I'm not cut off for leadership see I didn't even know that I shouldn't have done that but what you'll find out is some of the better leaders are the leaders are that transparent that are not perfect is the ones who come off as perfect are the ones that are problematic but that's a, another podcast for another time so that's when the thought got first placed on my radar when I got asked to be the team leader, which I thought was going to be a rotation. And then it was I was the leader for the rest of that time. That second school year, I was put in I got given another leadership opportunity and I was put in charge of our field trip. So we did these special honors field trips. So if you earn a spot on the honor roll, you got to do an extra field trip. So one of the field trips I ended up helping plan was to Perfect North Slopes. If you don't know what that is, that's in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And it's simply like, uh, I don't know, they make the fake snow and everything. You can ski. And shoot, I did not want to do this. I'm just going to keep it real. I'm a black person um, who had not uh, ever skied in my life. That wasn't a thing anybody in my family did. But this was the field trip I was asked to plan. So I had to take my little self out there and learn how to ski. And let me tell you, at first I thought I got it down because, you know, they were taking French fry pizza. If you don't know what that means for my people to listen to us like me and still and don't ski. When you're on the skis, um, pizza is when you bring the two skis together. Um, so that can kind of help you slow down. French fry is when you straighten up the skis and it helps you go faster. Let's just say somewhere out there in the Internet, there is video of me um, thinking I got it going on. My name gets called by a student. And they're like, I need help, Mrs. Barnes. And I totally lost the whole pizza, french fry. And I go tumbling down the hill. So students have fun. It was the best field trip ever. You saw Mrs. Barnes, she just wiped out. Yeah, there's still, I've run into kids today that still remind me of that. But nonetheless, I was asked to do this. So my first tip is if someone says to you that you're a leader, you know, take it seriously. 
inquire about what is it in me that you think is worthy of leadership. And then when you get a leadership opportunity, take it, even if you don't want to take it. And here's the tough part. Taking on leadership, you're you're taking on a, some you're in a sacrifice something, right? Because let me tell you, was I playing those extra field trips during the school day? I, I made some attempts, right? I made some attempts to get all my stuff done. I was leading, well, as the team leader trying to get stuff during the school day, but the reality is I had to do some stuff outside of the school time. So that was sacrifice, right? And at, at that time, I didn't have any kids. I was just my husband and I, and both of us, um, admittedly, were workaholics. Um, year four of uh, teaching, which was also year four of my marriage, uh, my husband and I decided to renew our vows uh, because they got to the point that, you know, I was working, working, working. He was working, 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 and it wasn't working. We were kind of just like roommates, like we were living together, eating together and kind of just passing like ship sailing in the night. Uh, we just weren't really connecting. So we were like we had to reevaluate. Um, and I know you're probably saying, well, Shantae, you just said I, I can do this. And now you're saying you had to renew your marriage vows. You can still be a leader and get some balance. And I'm glad early on, you know, as I started getting these opportunities that I started learning about balance. Because if you don't have balance as a teacher, you sure as hell is not going to have balance as a school administrator. So that's something you have to figure out. Right. So if you get an opportunity, take it and try to do it well. That's the other part. When I was like, and I'm going to tell you, it was little things that I did when I was a team leader. Because remember, I said we were rotating, so I wasn't the first person. And I decided to address anything that I didn't like being a member sitting there. So like one of the things I didn't like was showing up to the meeting and I didn't know what the heck we were talking about. So I made sure we had an agenda and I let people know this is what we're talking about. The other thing that ticked me off and anybody that knows me in this life knows I have a pet peeve. Of things starting late and ending late. I like things to be timely. So it's like, okay, so-and-so is not here. We're going to wait. Oh, so-and-so needs to leave early. Oh, now this meeting went over. I was like, no. This is the time the meeting is and the meeting will start. And if you're not here, sorry about you. You're going to have to get the information. And if the school administrator asks where you are, then you're going to have to swing yourself. So just doing those couple things and then making sure we were meeting with parents um, and it's not like I was doing like something huge. It was just like little things. And those were the things that stood out to my administrators as like you took this on and like made some changes as a second year teacher. Like there's something in you. Right. And granted, when I think about it, I just didn't show up and become a leader. I have been doing some of those things um, a lot in church. And as a black person, you know, even though uh, I have my battles with the black church and there are things I don't like, which I talk about a lot. I'm on my uh, blog. Uh, I have a post um, on educatorsbarns.com. It's called uh, To My Church, Thank You, Next. Yes, it was kind of like a ripoff of that Ariana Grande song. But I, I have my opinions, but I, I, still, I still cannot dismiss the opportunities that the church gave me for leadership. So I was like the youth leader. I was assistant um, director of our vacation Bible school at one point in time. You know, I was vice president of our usher board. Um, I spoke at different revivals. I organized a few youth revivals. So I had opportunities in the church to have people train me and coach me. And so some of those skills I learned there as a kid. Um, so, for example, when I became the vice president of our usher board, I was still a teenager. And they called a church meeting to vote if a kid could be the vice president. 
and it was said that there was no adult that was capable of doing the job so and that was something <sighs> because you, yeah it was something so I took it on and I, I, I did a good job um, you know according to the people at the church but that's just kind of been my trajectory right um, I remember being in church and somebody pointed at me and said, and a child shall lead them. Yeah. And I'm such an introvert. So I'm like, yeah, I do not need you pointing at me, quoting out scripture. Just let me sit here and enjoy the sermon, please. <laughs> but if you get opportunities, take it on and then try to learn from it, glean what you can from it. Right. Because the hardest thing about becoming a leader is not having leadership experience and a lot of times there are opportunities in schools where principals, assistant principals are looking for somebody to take on a task and nobody wants to do it. So even if you're not in a situation where someone's like, hey, I see leadership qualities here. Would you do something? Volunteer for leadership when it's available. So that's my second tip. So if something comes available, even if to you it seems like silly volunteer because that's showing leadership is showing initiative and to be a leader um you have to have some type of initiative you got to have some get up and go you got to have some take some action i'm going to steer this ship and i'm going to make sure we're successful right so that means volunteering for stuff even if you don't want to do it i'll tell you one thing i volunteered for um it was the first year i switched to working in elementary school i volunteered to help co-plan the school dance oh I do not, 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 not like school dances. Like, you you know how kids are. They, they call themselves having little boyfriends and girlfriends. And you spend, you can't even enjoy yourself. You can't even go over there to the table and drink some punch. Because the moment you turn your head and drink some punch, somebody over there um, trying to twerk and pop their little booty. No, I, I, ugh, I just don't like to do those things. But once again, it's one of those situations like, this school has nothing for kids. We need to offer something for the kids to do. And so what can we add so the kids will have something to do at school and kind of improve the, the student culture? And I was like, fine, I will help do this dance. Honestly, it actually turned out not to be so bad. I still had to get a little eye to some of those little girls. Because uh, sometimes we, uh, side note, sometimes we always on boys about Boys being too fast and boys always going after girls. Some of these little girls, they little fast little mamas. They up there uh, doing stuff they don't have no business doing. And, uh, and it'll be the boys being like, look, I'm going to need you to back up. Go, go get some cookies. Get some pizza from the food table. Like, get off of me. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> even though I had to do that, it was an opportunity to show like, hey, Shantae's going to take initiative. Shantae took on something that nobody else wanted to do. And it went well. So when opportunities come, help out, even if that's like volunteering uh, to be on a committee. Oh, I hate being on committees sometimes. Because sometimes you feel like you're just showing up to be on the committee. The district already made a decision. But then they'll remember, oh, yeah, like I sat on a calendar committee one year. Um, and the main reason I ended up sitting on this committee is because a decision of the calendar affected uh, me being able to leave 
to go on this uh, vacation because I my time was denied, right? So I decided to go sit on this committee. And so I came to the committee. I came with different, because in Indianapolis, there are 11 different school districts, which means 11 different school calendars. Uh, I mean, it's like some schools here have two weeks off for fall break, two weeks off for winter break, two weeks off for spring break. Some schools here have one week for spring break, one week for fall break, two weeks for winter break. Some schools go halfway through June. Some schools are out before Memorial Day. So there are just some schools start in July. Some schools start in August. So there's a lot of differences here. So I was on the committee that decided that uh, we would go from a two day Thanksgiving break to a three day Thanksgiving break. And even though that was like a little thing, taking some initiative is it shows like, hey, because they are always begging for people because y'all know how it is. If nobody shows up to this thing, right? We opened up this opportunity and we didn't have input. We didn't have any, you know, leadership um, from the teacher. So we made a decision. Now, y'all know sometimes we can come out and sit on these committees and they're going to make the same decision they were already going to make. But at least I can say I was out there. So when y'all do make these decisions, I can be like, uh, excuse me, I was at that meeting. And that's not what we said. So I'm, I'm just going to let people know that's not what was happening. Right. And you got to do that tactfully. Right. The next thing I would say is you have to um, not be a negative Nancy, <laughs> okay? Nobody wants to follow a leader who is negative, right, all the time and always complaining about stuff. Guess what? Admin know the people who complain all the time because let me tell you, uh, they say, you know, admin needs to keep his ear to the ground, right? That simply means that the admin needs to have somebody that's going to let them know what's up. Let me tell you, every school, every principal, they have they are friends with somebody or have a close connection to some educator, some teacher that's on in the grade level, in the team, in the department that's simply feeding them information. You can call it whatever it is you want to call it um, that lets them know what's 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 really happening. So if you're one of those people that's complaining all the time about everything, no one's gonna pick you to lead nothing. Because you if you talking about the principal all the time, you talking about this teacher, you talking about this this is horrible all the time. Like yes, it is okay to be critical and be like, can can I get some clarification about this initiative? And then see even that, that's gonna lead into my second point. How you um how you kind of push the envelope appropriately, right? Because the other thing they don't uh, want in leaders is someone who is just always trying to tear up something and it's just not quote-unquote solutions oriented. So let's use that example I was just talking about, about initiative, right? If there's an initiative that's being rolled out, please trust and believe. You complain about it, it's not going to stop the rollout, right? So you know you're going to have to do it. You know you're going to have to own it. You know you're going to have to participate in it. But you're really confused about why the heck are we doing this? So how do you go about like either adding to it or seeing if there's some modifications can be made. Cause a lot of times uh, there is some flexibility, right? Comes down from the district, but on the building level, the principal has a little bit of flexibility sometimes of how it's rolled out or how it's implemented. And so instead of saying what you really think inside of your head, like this is stupid. I don't know why we're doing this. This ain't gonna help no kid. You can't, you can't say that. And trust me, I've been in meetings where people have said that stuff. And then they looking around wondering why nobody wants them to be a teacher leader. No, you can't do that. You got to phrase it correctly. I mean, like, I know we're rolling out this new reading initiative. Can you kind of explain to me how I'm supposed to integrate this into my classroom? Because I'm really struggling and I, I really want to champion this initiative. But I just need some help to make sure it's rolling out uh, correctly. And what about this other initiative that we did 
And how can I use this uh, reading strategy I'm already using into this program? So then it makes it sound like you're not just dismissing it. You're not trying to be difficult. You're like, I'm really trying to uplift it and uh, move it forward. And that's and, and uplifting and championing initiatives. That goes into the vision and mission of your school. You have to be on board with it. I can tell you right now, as being considered second tier uh, leadership, my job is to implement and push forward the vision and mission of my school, whether I like it or not. And this is not to say, so don't someone misquote me. This is not me saying that I do not support the mission or vision of my current school. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying I've been in other teacher leader positions before where I've had to push out things that I may have necessarily not understood, but the last thing you want to be as a leader is a person that's quote unquote dividing and conquering. That's being uh, um, that's kind of like dividing up what's happening and kind of making sides. You don't want to be that person because you'll find yourself in a leadership position today and kick to the curve tomorrow. So you really have to promote the other thing, because I've been in interviews now where I'm interviewing and I've been in interviews. Once you become a teacher leader, one of the things you typically get asked to do is sit in interviews to interview other leaders. And one of the things that for me, that makes me a no is if you can't talk about data, like you cannot be a leader and not know data like that. Like you can't show up to an interview and they're asking, like, how do you grow kids or what is your data? Like, well, I, you know, I mean, all my kids are learning. No, you need to be able to say, I'll give you an example of something I said in the interview. I spoke about how I had this class. I had a homeroom class and my homeroom class was double label students. So um, because my master's in language education, um, I have an EL license. Um, I've been an EL teacher, an English language learner teacher. I had the homeroom where the students were English language learners and special education. And, and they were bubble kids, which means they were very close to passing standardized tests. My job was to get those kids to pass. And so when I went in the interview and spoke about this, I said I had 25 kids. 23 of those kids at the end of the school year passed the test. One kid missed it by three points. The second kid was chronically absent, and that's why he didn't pass the test. That's how I ramble off data. You got to know your data like that. You can't be up there stumbling. You can't be up there guesstimating. No. I even in one of my reference letters, um, my principal wrote data into my reference letter. She said something to the effect of that on average, my students read and passed quizzes on their independent books. They read an average of 35 books a year. That was my um, seventh and eighth grade students because we looped, right? That's hardcore data. And I know some people say they're pretty impressed because when I tell you I champion literacy and I take it seriously. And if you are in my class, you're going to read today. <laughs> not reading is not an option. And I and <laughs> if I have students that will tell you, Mrs. Barnes will take away your opportunity to be in the cafeteria. You will be in her room reading with her until you read your book. So you're either going to read during class, you're going to read at home, or you're going to read with Mrs. Barnes, but you're going to read today. And that's how I tell students, like, not reading is not, a, it's not an option. Not with me. Maybe, and, and they hate when I say this, maybe with your last English teacher, you didn't have to read a book. But I guarantee you, when you finish this school year, you will have completed at least one book. And actually, my goal is actually going to complete 10. And then, because I looped the second year up to the 12, they're like, Mrs. Barnes, you tripping. I sure am. We are go all going to read 12 books at least. But as you know, my average is actually 35. So when I tell you I push kids hard, I push kids hard. And that's the type of thing when you're you're going for a leadership role, you have to be able to show that you're doing something. Yeah, so that's my next point. You're exceeding other people. 
There's something about you that's different. Like, why should I make you a leader over somebody else? What are you have, having to offer? Because if you're not doing something special, why should not pick the other person, right? And so I've been uh, I've been a team leader. At one point in time, I was um, the English language um, uh, building lead. It simply meant I had EL knowledge and I was there to, you know, give advice or, you know, I was, uh, you know, give uh, strategies uh, to teachers. And I what uh, at one time I helped um, with district um, vertical or articulation. So that's when I looked at the standards. Uh, I actually did the, the, the leap. So that was from the kids at the end of elementary school coming over to middle school. What are the things that as a middle school teacher that we need to tell back to the elementary school? Like you need to do this because these are the gaps our kids are having. and They can't come here with those gaps. Right. So I did that. So that was something I volunteered for in the summertime. And let me tell you, I did not want to come in in the summertime. But when, it, when you're thinking about it, you want to take this teacher leader role, right? Whether that's being a coach, whether that's eventually becoming an administrator, you have to have a track record of doing things. You can't be a leader one year and be like, I ain't going to do nothing else. Each year I was looking for an opportunity to do something. So I came over the summer a couple of days and did and participated in a vertical articulation. So it's also showing you're willing to do this extra work because at the end of the day, there's always work to do at schools and they need someone to participate in it. And then once you become a leader, you have to have some integrity. I can't tell you when I was a coach how some people just abuse that position. It's all like, oh, I don't have class, so I can just leave campus whenever I feel like it. Oh, I can go take an hour lunch. Oh, I can go go do that. Like, no, because people will see you think you sneaking out in the building. You're not. And so then that's going to get back. And so then you're going to find yourself back in the classroom because I know a couple of coaches, they end up back in the classroom because they abuse their leadership or they weren't doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be in there observing teachers, not observing anybody. Well, see what happened was I see I see what happened was you was on your phone uh, watching stuff on Facebook. That that was happening. And then don't be coming to me talking about Shante. I just don't understand. They picking on me. Ain't nobody picking on you. I, and so and, and that's why people don't even come talk to me. I, can I, I put it back on you? So what is it that you could have done that that made this happen? Now, granted, you know I already know the answer, but it's not for me to tell you. You gotta be reflected. Y'all know that's a, a, a little buzzword here in education, right? And then. The other thing, if you if once you get into uh, this leadership role, you got to be willing to build up other leaders. Sometimes people get threatened like they're in leadership, like somebody's coming for their position. And I'm going to be quite frank. I've had people, for whatever reason, threatened by me. And look, the only person that Shante Barnes is competing with is Shante Barnes. I'm not I'm not here for you. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> if I'm if I'm going to come for that spot, I'm going to come hardcore. <laughs> so please trust and believe that. But it's not about you. It's about me and meeting my goals. Um, I talk a, a lot about how I don't do New Year's resolution. I make goals when they're necessary. So currently I have a one year plan. I have a two year plan. I have a five year plan, a 10 year plan, a 25 year plan and a 50 year plan. Because I'm just going to speak down and listen that maybe I'll be here another 50 years. Right. And that's not an individual. It's like an individual thing. And then my, I have it with my husband because we always think about what do we want to do in our lives? Like I'm not going to put all our plans out there, but part of it is like we want to travel. Part of it is like we may want to own a house in another country. And like if those are the things that we want to look towards. Like what do I need to do to get to that? So when you're thinking about becoming a leader, I'm going to use that same analogy back to what I've been talking about. If you want to be a leader, pick a time when it's going to happen. Is that five years from now? If it's five years from now, because y'all know, we know, you know, a UBD, uh, understanding by the, uh, you know, the backwards planning, right? 
backwards plan up to you getting that role. And sometimes you're going to shoot your shot and you're going to miss. The very first literacy coaching interview I did, the first round, I nailed it. The second round, I bombed. And I bombed it so bad because I had only, so the first round, you know, I, I checked all the boxes. Like I was teaching this um, psycholinguistics class for reading teachers P through 12 at the university. Spoke to about that. I had really good data. I spoke well about data. I had experience with English language learners, right? Had experience with special education kids. I told you about that class I had, right? Checked all the boxes, right? Knew about stuff in the district, their initiative. Cause don't show up to no interview and don't know about the district. That's a big no-no. Second round, they asked me how would I apply this stuff to the elementary level? Cause it was my first attempt at this time to switch from secondary down to elementary because I because I just wanted to keep my options open, right? And I bombed because I didn't think about that. But that interview, all the questions I was asked, when I finally did, so my next job was actually an English language learner teacher. So, And I actually had leadership during that because I was quoted in something for the district. And they actually wrote my name as EL teacher and coach because they felt like I was coaching teachers in EL strategies. And I did because I rolled out like what... Um, you know, the, the, the different co-teaching model, because that wasn't happening. It was just pull out. So you, the EL teacher, take these kids. There was I was like, uh-uh, that's not how Shantae rolls. That's not what we're going to do here. So that's why people started calling me a coach. And once again, like, you got to have that initiative. You see something that's not right, don't sit there and complain about it. Do something about it and do it well. So people are like, hey, look at, you know, uh, look at her. But since... But while I was in that elementary school, I thought about how I bombed that literacy coach interview. I'm like, all the things that principal asked me, I need to get an answer to it. So I'm like, you know, she asked me some RTI questions from the elementary level. While I was in middle school, the way we did RTI was not the same as what that district, you know, was doing RTI as or what they were trying to ask me about. So when I did my next literacy coach interview, so that was my next job, uh, elementary literacy coach. I nailed the interview because I knew all I filled out my gaps. I figured out all the stuff that I didn't know how to do while working at elementary school. All the things they were asking me about that I didn't know how to apply because I had never stepped foot in the elementary school, you know, as a teacher. And so I nailed it. And even the principal was like, yeah, you, I think you'll, you'll be good in this role. And so I, so I was. And then when you're a leader, you have to be a student. Like you have to continue to learn and teach yourself and build yourself up. And, you know, after that, you know, I continued being a coach for a while. I was um, a school librarian. I took a break and it was a school librarian. I was going to do that for a few years. But as you guys know, I did it for a year and now I'm doing school administration. And I, and I absolutely love it. It is hard work. Um, it's a lot of work, but I'm, I feel like I'm doing all right. Um, we actually had surveys. So my team did a survey on me and a, a lot of the points because um, I look. Y'all know how it is. You're not looking at all the stuff that people say you do well. You're looking at the one or two things that they want you to improve on. And my principals, and that's like, a, this don't look, I'm scribbling through the survey in my with my principal, right? I'm like, I did, this is not, and she said, Shantae. <laughs> Cause I told, I told my principal, when I first met her, I said, you need to know I'm very critical about myself because who am I competing with? I, what, I, what did I just tell you? I'm competing with me. And, I'm, and she was like, hold up, Shantae. So she, I think her brain was like, yep, yeah, here she, she, she's doing it again. <laughs> she's like, Shantae, look at all these things. And she pointed out to me, she said, you have several things on this survey where everyone says you are meeting and exceeding this thing in leadership. She said, this is good. And she said, you cannot be this critical of yourself. And even on some of the points where it says like people wanted me to improve, it was just like one or two people who said that. 
everyone else said meat or a seed. So when my principal kind of showed that to me, I kind of calmed myself down. But see, y'all know how I am. Like, I don't want anybody to be saying I need to approve on anything. I want everybody to say I'm doing everything well. But also, like my principal said, this is your first <laughs> first <laughs> um, admin job. Like, so this is OK. And this is not like, she's like this is really good. So I. I'm saying that a lot to try to tell myself and confess myself right now because, you know, sometimes it's hard um, to take those type of compliments because I am so tough on myself. But I think being tough on myself to a certain extent uh, helps push me forward and it helps me grow. It helps me not to settle because you can't be a leader and just be sound like, well, <laughs> I'm a leader now. I have arrived. I'm here. Like you, No, you can't be like that. You got to be like, I'm here and I'm going to be transparent with you and like. For example, I um, was at a conference last week in Nashville, and I get to the airport, leaving Nashville to come back to Indy, and long story short, the plane was overbooked, and uh, then there was problems with the plane, so we got to Detroit late, so therefore I missed my connecting flight, and they were so they were like, yeah, we booked you for the next flight out tomorrow, I was like, and let me tell y'all, because I was I was irritated at this point, because all kinds of other stuff, like some dude was trying to holler at me, like no, mm-mm, no, oh, there's all types of ir- things that was irritating me, and so I was like, Shante, you cannot, do not be that angry black person right now, get it together. So I, I just I said, tomorrow <laughs> is Halloween, and students at my school are dressing up, and you know I I need <laughs> to be at my school tomorrow. I don't need to be flying in tomorrow. Are you sure? There are no other flights tonight out of Detroit to Indy. So she looked, did a little type in. Oh, yes, there's one. <sighs> that plane left late because there was problems. Because, you know, like the flight attendants that were supposed to be on that plane were still on another plane that hadn't arrived. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So I get to Indy. I get in bed. So I didn't get, I didn't get home until, like, early that morning. I got in bed around 1 or 2 o'clock, right? I still went to work. So I got up at my same time at 5.30. And I was just transparent. I'm like, I'm off today. I am sleepy. I am exhausted. And the two things that will make me have a front on my face is being tired and hungry. That makes me be cranky and it makes me be short. And so I just told my team I was transparent. I said, I just got here. And I could have stayed home. And I really, oh, when I told you, look, I got up the little little thing to, to take off at work. I opened it like three times. I was like, I'm going to take off and I'm tired. I was like, no, you need to go to work. You need to go to work. You need to go to work. And I'm glad I went to work. I got through the day, but I was just transparent. And so being a leader is like being transparent, being like, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to come in here and be smiling, bouncing around when I'm tired as hell. Like I was tired and I came home and, and took my little behind to the bed. At least I thought I was until the power went on in my neighborhood. And so that, so anyway, I didn't really get sleep. So I was like, Hey, my power went out last night and I had to go somewhere else for a while until my power came back on. So I'm still kind of cranky, but I'm working on it. And like, you know, my team giggles, but they're like, you're just like so real. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how I show up. And me being real, sometimes you may not like it, but I'm, I'm truthful. Like I'm just to tell them how it is. And so hopefully some of the tips I shared today about how to become a teacher leader is helpful. If there's specific things you want me to help you with, um, I can. Um, I guess I'll leave you with this. Clean up your resume. Uh, for each teacher leader job that you're applying to, your resume should match that job. I have tons of resumes. So my resumes typically say uh, my name. It says the month and it says the job or the school. So I don't send the wrong resume. Don't do that. And you tailor it. 
And so you should, so I, every time I complete some tasks that I think should go on a resume, so I have a big resume that has everything I've ever done on it, right? That's the resume I don't sit anywhere, right? And those are all the leadership things I've done. So when I'm prepping for an interview or prepping for a job, I take the things that match that particular leadership job and I put it on that resume and I'm going to send to that job. And those are the things I mentioned in the cover letter or the letter of introduction that I send to that job. So that's, I guess my last tip would be keep track of what you actually do so you actually can speak to it. And then if you win some awards, talk about that. Cause if you're a good leader, I, I won some, uh, I want some awards here or there. I'm not going to write them off because that's not important. And I'm not here to brag about myself. But put that stuff because some people are like I interviewed somebody one time and they were telling us. I'm like and I said, you put that on your resume. You know that that's important. Like be proud of that. Like the person set off in passing like it was no big deal. That is a big deal because typically if you get an award, you've been you are considered over a whole bunch of other people. Right. So so be proud of those things. So hopefully this helped uh, you a little bit today. And I'll catch you next week.